drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Cornbread! 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 Drink it in, man. Touchdown, Detroit Lions! Touch, touch, touchdown, Detroit Lions! Detroit Kool-Aid, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, drinking in everybody. This is the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. I'm your host, Derek Oakley, here on a Friday. And we're talking Lions football, as we always do, Wednesdays and Fridays here on the show. And uh, heading in to play Baltimore on the Wednesday show. I did a little rant about playing the rookies, letting the young cats play. We had Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated on, recapping talking about, discussing, analyzing what we saw on Monday Night Football where the Lions let a first-half lead slip away and took an L to the Green Bay Packers. And today we're talking about the Ravens. So we're going to start off the show where I got a few things I get off my chest and hit up on the show. And then as we get to the second half, we're going to have Logan on again. He was nice enough to come back, give me some time, and we uh, got a nice little... Probably 15, 20-minute-plus chunk in um, just talking about this Ravens game. So we'll get to that here in a moment. But let's start out with this. I'm recording here on Wednesday evening. Right before I got recording is all these rumblings about the Lions might trade Jamie Collins. The Lions are fielding calls about Jamie Collins. The Lions might deal the veteran linebacker. The Lions are having discussions with who? The bowling alley? I mean, Jamie Collins can't play. I've been trying to tell you guys that for a while. Okay, he came in here with all these athletic numbers. Oh, I can jump over this. I can do this. I can do that. All I've seen is lazy football from number eight. I mean, who wears number eight and plays linebacker? Nobody. I know you're trying to be swaggy with a single digit, Jamie Collins, but you can't run. You can't cover. You can't play. And I've been saying this for a while, that this is another veteran that came and got paid with the Lions, and he just doesn't care. I mean, he was fit for the other scheme. He still couldn't play. He makes a couple, you know, things that work out every now and again, but those don't equal out to every time. Guys running past him, around him, him being sloppy and tackling, losing his footing, all those things. So, again, you know, should I come on the show and be objective and give you all his stats and tell you why he's a solid linebacker in the league and why his contract, you know, ends up, you know, being decent in the grand scheme of things? No. After I saw Jamie Collins play like two games, you go back and listen to the archives. Like, all right, I've seen enough. He can't play. He He's not good. And I knew we were stuck with him for a couple years based on the contract. So you're not going to get anything from any NFL team with Jamie Collins and a trade. Anything you get, I mean, take it and run. I'm set now that, you know, even Dan Campbell called him out in a presser, said, ah, you know, he doesn't really, he doesn't really do much or he's not very, uh, he made some mistakes or, you know, we have to decide where to use him. He's got a unique, all these things he said, it was like, 
Okay, Dan Campbell, like, l- let me summarize how you feel about Jamie Collins with your own words. I mean, you basically were saying this. You've had enough of that shit. Exactly. We've all had enough of Jamie Collins. So just send him on his way. Just cut him. Take the money. Whatever you got to do. And let's play Derek Barnes, please. Just let the kid get out there, run, tackle, and hit people. That's what he does. And like two out of those three, maybe all three, maybe everything he does are things Jamie Collins can't do at this point in his career. Maybe eight years ago he could do some of those things. Let's just let Derek Barnes play. I mean, it's ridiculous. I, I This is a crazy report, acting like Jamie Collins is going to fetch the Lions some grand return. Or, oh, man, you know, Jamie Collins is some big trade piece that a playoff team is going to want. The only team that might take this guy is the New England Patriots or some other cast off that plays that scheme. Otherwise, this guy can't cover. He doesn't care about football, especially if you cut his pay. What's he going to, like, make no money and then try? Come on. Ridiculous. All right, so here's another thing, Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers. Like, I've been thinking about this, and a lot of people online, media, whatever, are just like, this defense is horrible. They still can't stop anybody. They still can't cover. They don't have enough talent. So it's hard to disagree with some of that because they had a real tough time, looked real sloppy against San Francisco, and then you you come out in the second half and you just – you just give away touchdowns. I mean, deep passes. Like, you know, anytime they get the ball inside the 10, it's just a no-brainer that they're going to run a throw to the tight end, a swing, a, a little, you know, option pitch route. Uh, what they run? Like a, a, you know, running back coming across the front, a little cheap touchdown for the smug number 12 on Monday Night Football. Like, we get all that. Like, it hasn't looked good. But again, I'm here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast to serve it up for you. Drink it in, man. So I, I pumped you up about Derek Barnes. I mean, Jamie Collins will be gone soon enough. That'll be a addition by subtraction. Now, when you're looking at this defense, I was thinking about it the other, uh, you know, kind of after that Monday night game. So here's the thing. I don't, we all know they kind of can't fix everything right now. So if you're looking at the, the setup, you know, let, let's just admit it right now. All the Detroit Lions fans out there, the Trey Flower signing has not worked. I'm sure he was voted a captain. He's probably a very, you know, solid man, individual, tough, hard-nosed player. He doesn't pop off the page for $18 million on a daily basis. Now, does he solid somewhat in the run game, hard worker? Great. I'll pay you about like 6 to $8 million for that, or 10 maybe because you're an edge rusher. But not 18. So let's just assume we all pretty much know he'll be gone, you know, after this season, I would assume. You've paid Romeo Cuaro, so he's one of your starting defensive ends. You're going to have a high draft pick. So, you know, if there is a dominant edge rusher, I don't know, from Oregon, you might consider him up top and be able to pair him with Okwara and then really have more of a bendy, freaky edge game that can put pressure on quarterbacks. So you got your edges somewhat figured out at that point with one subtraction, a draft addition, or go find a a bendy edge rusher in free agency, either way. Now, you move to the linebacker position. We're we're getting rid of Ocho. That's a good thing. Going to play number 55, Derek Barnes. 
You've got Anzalone, who's fine for this year to just sort of, you know, call, make the defensive calls, like make the plays he can make, things like that. I still haven't seen enough from Reeves Mabin, but in a way I've seen enough because it's like four years now where you just can't be out there on defense or can't be counted on. He's a special teamer, so I think they re-signed him, but I mean, obviously he's still going to be down the depth chart. I'm trying to even think. I mean, our other linebackers, quote-unquote, are what? Julian Okwara, he'll be around, but we'd love to see a hell of a lot more from him. But he'll be on the team, and hopefully he can make plays. You've got... Um, you know, you've got other edge rushers, which they don't seem to... Or linebackers, whatever you want to call them, like Austin Bryant. He doesn't seem to be the... Like, I'm jumping the gun here. Let, let me go back and talk about the defensive line. Like, I, I did the edge rushers, but let's talk about the interior. Aleem McNeil. I know this guy's not making big-time plays, but I said it on previous shows. I like this player a lot. I think he's going to be an absolute beast once he gets going. Maybe a year, two, three in the year in the league. He could be a top-five nose tackle, interior defensive-type player. I, 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 I believe that. I really do. Now... We all know Deshaun Hand is pretty much gone because he can't stay on the football field. So you're going to have to replace that position. You know, Nick Williams seems to be overpaid at this point. So I don't know what you're going to do there. So you do have some figuring out to do in the interior rush players or defensive tackles unless you go basically with that 3-4 look where you have two freaky bendy guys, a big boy in the middle, and you're plugging the other spots with linebackers and a defensive tackle here or there. You know, that could be the approach they take. So what I'm saying is, like, I feel like, yeah, defensive tackle is a need as well, but you can find those later in different ways to get by. You know, the linebackers need a complete redo, basically, except for, you know, except for Derek Barnes. And like I say, you hope Julian O'Quarr would come on, but who knows at this point? You know, he has not shown much to this coaching staff and much confidence or not much on the field other than a few things in preseason that we saw. The corners, I mean, again, corners, what you could do is you could, you can hopefully get Mr. Okuda back and he can make plays, and then you can supplement it with bumping AO down a peg. I still think he's young enough and good enough to play football, but you go ahead and you bring in a free agent, a draft pick, whatever it is, and you, you supplement a little bit more depth there. You should be decent at corners. Safety, again, it's another draftable position, I think, that you can take a freaky guy in rounds one through four, and he's going to replace Will Harris, um, Tracy Walker. Again, I'm definitely you know more in the camp of moving on from him, but if you still feel there's promise there, bring in some real good competition where if he doesn't play ball, he gets bumped down to a backup, but he can still be on this football team. So I think there's a way with a good draft and and be able to go out and spend a little more in free agency that you can fix this defense. But right now, I mean, I just see a defense that it isn't covering well whether it be scheme or whatever I don't see that light switch flipping on but I do see them maybe being able to come along you know for six games into the year where you start to see a little bit more in zone coverage maybe we get a few turnovers and I would assume that those big boys up front are going to get a little more push as the season goes on as well where you start you know not being a big time sack team but just having a enough production there to really be quality so that's what I'm hoping for so everybody that's just 
already given up on this defense. I think it's going to come along as this season goes along. And then I think they're just really going to have to go heavy on that side of the ball because other than the quarterback position and, and like I say, you can find – people are freaking out about the wideouts, but I guarantee you, you can go out in free agency or the draft basically any year and grab yourself one to two wideouts. You can get a veteran that could be in the room to help you out and get by at the wide receiver position. So I'm not a proponent of just spending super high draft capital on wide receivers, even though, yes, we need them. Yeah, I'm not hanging my hat on Trinity Benson. He can be a nice depth player, maybe. Quintez Cephas, people are going crazy about him because he made a couple plays on Monday night. Can he be a wide receiver too? I mean, maybe on this Lions team, but not in the league. He's got a, he's going to be a three four. I think I said that either on Wednesday or a couple weeks ago, and I still believe that. So I I like the player. I like the things he brings, but I'm not having him out there as my number two NFL wide receiver. So if he s- settles in there at a three four five type role for this team moving forward, great. You know. Uh, who we got Tyrell I mean he's a one-year rental basically and then you know you got Khalif Raymond who they seem to love and again I'm still like okay he's made a couple plays but I just don't see it so I, I mean I would assume you'd move on from him as well and and then you can upgrade that position really quick you have just got TJ Hawkinson who's a heck of a ball player you need to figure out how to use Swift better and that offense with either Jared Goff and that offensive line rolling could be something next year. Or, you know, you just got to be smart about when you get that quarterback and who you get, who's that leader at that position. And not as much worried about the offense as I am. Like, I really want a nasty edge rusher, a big-time linebacker, a versatile safety that can run, hit, create turnovers, be kind of a leader. On the team, like you see on some of the good football teams, the National Football League, like look at some of the good teams and look at a really quality primetime type safety that they have, as well as the edge rush and a leader at the linebacker position. I mean, those are three things I think you really need. I can still get away with, you know, picking and choosing how and when and where I get my corners, I think. But as they always say, kind of up the middle, if you can have a lean McNeil, Derek Barnes turns into a nasty player. Okay, we still got to get that back end figured out. Who's that alpha? Who's that dog on the back end? And that's D-A-W-G, everybody. You know what it is. You've been listening to this show. So we'll see what they do. I, I just wanted to get this off the top and say, see you later, Jamie Collins. I mean, I gave up on you a long time ago. Um, you know, everyone's giving up on the Lions defense. The Lions are giving up a lot of points on defense. But don't give up on them. They, they will come around. They will add pieces, and I think we'll be proud of this defense, hopefully led by Aaron Glenn for a few years here because I like what he brings to the table. I just don't think he has enough ball players right now as well as he's sort of getting his scheme. And it's two games. That's the other thing that drives me crazy. He got Penny Sewell in the Hall of Fame after two games, yet he had a, like a 50 rating by PFF in his second game. Terrible in run grade they gave him. But, yeah, he's a good player, but let's – let him play a little bit more. Like, hey, you know, yeah, I've been dogging on AO because he continues to get beat and he's just soft in coverage, doesn't look like he wants to tackle, but it's two games. Like, maybe he'll make a few plays on the football, him and Tracy Walker, and I'll be like, all right, cool. Like, I'm glad to see those guys play better. But they need to play better and quickly. So, you know, I think this defense, you got to give it this season, maybe even into mid-next year before you really know what we have. And 
I think Brad Holmes is smart enough to say, man, I need some DAWGs on this defense. I tried to invest in some boys up front. I left my man Levi, Big Denim, off my list earlier. Him and Aleem and Aquara. Gosh, that, that seems to be the the three that I'm going to somewhat build around. And I know you need more bodies up there, but we can all see the writing on the wall for the Deshaun Hands, the Austin Bryants, the Trey Flowers, the Nick Williams, you know, some of these guys. I mean, if anything, they'd probably supplement it with like Kevin Strong and Penasini if they're going to keep some bodies around before they start adding premier talent at that at that front defensive line. So we'll see how it goes the rest of this year. But defense is going to be a little bit spotty throughout the season. I think just based on talent, offense going to have to somewhat carry the team. We're two games in. I think it can happen, but just wanted to kind of calm everybody's fears. I mean, take out a glass and let me pour you a little bit of that Detroit Kool-Aid. The defense is going to be fine eventually. Drink it in, man. All right, everybody, we take a quick break for our sponsor. And we come back, we're getting Logan Lamarandier, Sports Illustrated, all Lions in here talking Ravens. Lions Ford Field on Sunday. We'll be right back. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, everybody. This goes out to my fantasy football fans out there. Now, you probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the most powerful fantasy sports platform where owners can build and manage their fantasy team like a real NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? I mean, we're talking free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie drafts, multi-team trades. You could put franchise tags on guys. Uh, It's as close as you're going to get to being an NFL GM. But do you think it sounds complicated? It's not. I'm here to tell you it's the best thing about Reality Sports Online is it's just more fun than your normal fantasy league, but it doesn't take barely any more time. After all this, are you still not sure? I mean, come on now. You can test your general manager skills by going over to Reality Sports Online, call it RSO. Please go check out realitysportsonline.com right now. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, everybody, we're here on a Friday. We're heading in to play the Baltimore Ravens here on Sunday at Ford Field. And I've got Logan Lamarandier from Sports Illustrated All Lions back on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast to help me preview this game. He's got uh, limited time, but... Very thankful they give me some of his time to come on the show. Logan, how you doing here on a Friday? 
Oh, doing great. Good to be back. Well, appreciate it, man. Um, we talked about the Green Bay game on the Wednesday show when you were on and went through the good, the bad, the ugly. I mean, hoping that this team can, the young cats can continue to show promise. Dan Campbell and company can coach them up and, you know, like some things we've seen. Obviously, fans are frustrated with not winning and this, that, and the other. But here on a Friday, we're just going to dive into this Baltimore game. So let me just go here, right here, right now. How do the Lions... Stop Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> they they don't. They only can contain him. <laughs> there you go. I don't. I don't even know because yeah, it's not like the Lions linebackers are even with a QB spy on him. It, he's so dynamic in the running game, and it's uh, you know it's going to be really frustrating probably watching the Lions defense try to limit to what he does because he, he's going to make the plays he, and he's going to make people miss an open field. Uh, it's just, I hope the lions have, maybe we see Derek Barnes out there and even for Derek Barnes, that's a pretty tough ask to, you know, to try to have him spy uh, Lamar Jackson, but even on those designed running plays, you know, the options and things like that, everyone has to be so, um, just know their responsibilities and not try to overstep, uh, what their jobs are. And that creates a lot of one-on-one mismatches for the Ravens. So it's, it's not going to be easy. And you just, again, you really only hope you can contain them. The biggest thing with Lamar that worries me are just we haven't shown that we get pressure. So that's good and bad because the minute you get pressure on Lamar Jackson is when he runs out the backside and kills you in the run game. But we can't get pressure, so you don't want to just leave him back there and make him look like an incredible pocket passer. But but again, often on the show here, I got a little Kool-Aid, a little positivity for the people. Drink it in, man. So the line, uh, the Ravens run game. I mean, you're looking at them. They like the first three, four, five, whatever it is, running backs are all out for the year. So they still have, just like the good teams in the league do, they're still able to have some guys tucked away that are able to do it based on their scheme, whatever. But I think it's a huge positive for the Lions not to have to deal with J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. You know, you got Rashad Bateman outside at wide receiver, who I think is a stud, who probably not going to play in this game. So when you're looking around, you're kind of like, okay, it's Lamar, Sammy Biscuit, Sammy Watkins, and then, you know, a bunch of Hollywood and a, and a bunch of marginal players. So, yeah, they have Baltimore Ravens football. They they find a way. They just beat the Chiefs. I get it. But my thing is maybe you can prevent Lamar from running around and making us look foolish, try to make him throw. And he doesn't have a ton of people to throw to, and they can't just hand it and pound us. So that that leaves me a bit encouraged just in their overall roster when you're looking at it. Right. You want to try to keep, just like any scrambling QB, you want to try to keep them in the pocket and make them beat you with the arm. And, you know, Lamar Jackson, he's not like a pinpoint accuracy type of guy, but he can still make a lot of really good throws. And especially with his, you know, receivers that he has, you know, Hollywood Brown, one of the fastest guys that probably is out there, Sammy Watkins, he's had his up and downs and he's no, no slouch though. But then you got guys like Devin Duvernay, who's very fast. Um, they, so they have some options and even their tight end Mark Andrews is he's solid as well. And just signed a big new contract. So it's just one of those things where you, again, you go looking at the Lions secondary and they're hurting and they're, they're filled with rookies and their, their back end. It's like, uh, it's, it's going to be, a matchup problem as it is probably all year, but the lions have to find a way to keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket, 
and make him try to force him into some tight window throws. But again, that secondary, they're going to have to play out of their minds this week. I think the big thing that worries me too about the Ravens, they, they always run a lot of unique plays, you know, whether it be misdirection runs or formations or ways to get Lamar is almost like a lead back with two pulling, you know, blockers in front and that's the kind of crap that gives the Lions a ton of issues like when when you diagnose something that's new and unique or you have blockers out front I felt like I saw a lot of times again I don't want to totally call out the Lions but I feel like I've seen times where AO other guys in the back end really don't want to get in there and be physical and you got to be physical with a Baltimore Ravens team so like you said Let's see what Derek Barnes has from a run hit standpoint. Let's let's get some of the big boys up front to really, you know, create some clogged lanes and try to muck it up in there because if you just let them run some of these diagnosed runs or get their big boys out front, like it's gonna be a long day because we've seen how that's happened. Like all they need is a crease for some of the players you mentioned, or you just miss a read on a wide receiver, and yeah, you named off the speedy guys they have. They may not be the biggest names or the top players anymore, but these guys are one play away from scoring anywhere on the field. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I think as the receivers go, yeah, they're not the the biggest name guys, but they can still they're still a mismatch just because of speed. And if you give them enough time, they will get open. And I think you know, I, I did want to hit on the running game too. I think Lamar Jackson, um, the Baltimore always has a great running game, not only because of Lamar Jackson putting up a ton of rushing yards, but it's because of his presence. It's uh, you have to account for the quarterback on running plays at all times. And that kind of takes away a defender a lot of times and gives the running backs a lot of, a lot more space to run and less congestion when they do have the ball, just because someone's always staying on Lamar Jackson. So it's an offense that's really creative and it's the lions have a lot of young players playing and they're going to have to really just know their responsibilities as I already mentioned and make the play when it presents itself. But that's, that's what's tough about uh, the Baltimore's offense. It's just uh, they have the playmakers where if you have one little slip up, uh, they, they'll make you pay for it. And you brought up Mark Andrews as well. This will be another, that'll definitely be a tough cover, but like I say, I don't know how, if you can actually do it, but I think it'd be pretty. It's pretty hard for Lamar Jackson to just work his way if you make the field long for him and you know keep things in front of you as best you can. I haven't seen too many like ten, fifteen play, you know, eighty plus yard drives Lamar. It's usually a big play here or there, or a guy gets open, and he finds him, or just runs away from people and makes you look like you're playing in the schoolyard. So my thing is avoid big plays. Logan, this is a big picture question, but I am getting so sick. Like you said, the old regime is gone. We still cannot get turnovers and can't pressure the quarterback. It is so frustrating, so annoying as a fan, a, a person that wants to root on this team to show up every week and not get after the quarterback or at least fumble your way into a few turnovers, pun intended. I mean, can we get a ball out more than once every blue moon? Can we get a tip pass? to a a safety or a corner at some point like you just cannot win without turning it over and it just continues not to happen for the Lions very few and far between yeah and I think that probably goes back to just you have to have playmakers and that's just like an innate ability that you can't teach Uh, you have to have guys that have a nose for the football and right now the Lions secondary doesn't have that and then in terms of the pass rush 
Uh, I, I think it's better just because the Lions are actually trying to get to the pressure or get to the quarterback and willing to blitz linebackers to create some pressure. But at the, at the end of the day, you look at you know, the Lions have pretty much the same, the same, they have the exact same edge rushers as they did last year. Still Trey Flowers and Romeo, Romeo Aquara, who are, you know, good pass rushers, but they're nothing great. I don't think teams fear going up against them in the passing game. Like, oh, oh no, look who's coming to town. I think uh, it's, it's more so they're just well-rounded players, pretty good against the run, pretty good at getting to the passer too. But uh, the defensive interior has got to get more uh, pressure as well because I think that's where you would see Flowers and Aquara really do a lot better if uh, that interior pressure was getting there and they are going to get some more sacks. But that's uh, that's on Owens Enrique. You know, that's he's got to start stepping up and living up to that second round grade and hopefully sooner than later. And Aleem McNeil, who is a nose tackle <laughs> and is not always in on passing downs because he is a nose tackle. Uh, you know, he's got to beat some one-on-ones. The, Michael Brockers has, has never, ever really been great at rushing the passer. He's always been kind of more of a well-rounded you know, ancillary piece type as well. And especially he has probably helped out quite a bit having Aaron Donald next to him for majority of his career. So it is, it's the pass rush has still been a little painful sometimes because you see the quarterback sitting back there, but I I don't think it's as bad as last year, but it's, it's nothing great or spectacular by any means right now either. I'm here to tell you this. I don't feel like the Lions can win a ball game until they're at least even or above in, in the turnover category, because Right. Just go and look at it. Like if you even win the turnovers three to one or three to two, even like I feel like they have a much much better chance of winning the ball game. So here's my thing on the blueprint for this game. I I, I feel like the Lions, you know where they're at right now. What I've seen from Jared Goff, you're playing a dynamic quarterback like uh, Lamar. My my thing would be take the air out of the football. Like, you know, try to win this game in, in the you know upper teens, low twenties. Like just. Every time you get it, you know, turn it into those longer drives, which Jared Goff has shown to be pretty good at. You know, he can put put a long drive together. He can throw the short passing game. He he can move the we can move the football a bit better in the run than we have in the past. So that's what I would try to do is just sort of make an ugly game, uh, slow it down, keep the ball out of their hands, try to see what you can do against their defense, which loves to bring the heat most times yet they've played a little bit more conservative against some teams this year so am I way off base is that something you'd consider how are you going to blueprint this game to not only give the Lions a chance but I mean everybody at the home game would love to see them be right there at the end and maybe even pull out a victory in this game so I think it's the same thing every week the Lions have a very obvious strength and that's their offensive line and that's running the ball and they have to be able to continue to do that. And in order to continue running the ball, they have to still be in the game. The defense can't just be allowing a touchdown or allowing points every single drive that they're on the field. And it, ideally, you would have an offense that could just take away the offense of the Ravens by just keeping them off the field. But that's that's not going to always happen. So it's going to come down to the defense is going to make some plays and the offense they're going to have to make plays too. And that's what the NFL is about. It's who makes the most plays and who limits the big plays. And right now the lions, uh, the big plays don't come in bunches at all. It's, it's more of a very steady approach on offense, which is fine as long as they're scoring, but the lions are going to pretty much always have to be putting up points and limiting just the easy mistakes. You know, the, the fumbles or the, the interceptions that 
are obvious, you know, don't throw it there, Jerry Goff, and then there he, he throws it. Yeah. But um, it, you have to stop those plays. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm really curious how this one shakes out. It's another lopsided one on paper, but it is at home. Hopefully the fans will bring it and maybe the Lions can scheme up something, uh, you know, both in the offense, defensive game, maybe in something on special teams to give them, you know, a, a, a leg up and, you know, find a way to, to, to play tough. It is the NFL. You know, everybody's a, a ball player. That's what they say any given Sunday. I say that all the time on the show. So I'm not going into this just chalking it up or saying, oh, we're owing and whatever. You know, people are throwing out there. But some people are already in, like, week 18 with their predictions or what this team's going to be. It's week three right now. So I'm not, I'm not going crazy about it. But I'd love to see them hang in play a bit better obviously than they did against Green Bay but also just like I say I'm going in this game show me something play uh, you know tough at times and get some of your young guys in there and let's see what happens so Logan be I got a few questions just bigger picture questions I want to ask you before we get up out of here but I know you've been on gosh you're doing a huge show X's and bros we got Sports Illustrated all lions I mean you come on here on the Kool-Aid cast you're, you're just all over the place I mean throw out that Twitter handle so people can check out your stats your figures your tweets i mean always putting out good content left right and center for sure yeah so yeah first of all uh si all lines just google it (laughs) um it'll come up always plenty of articles being pumped out there and yeah the twitter handles at l lamarandir usually if you just type in logan l you know it'll probably pop up uh don't don't even try to spell the last name but uh Detroit Lions low down on Facebook too. If you're more inclined with Facebook, that's again, a lot of content just rolling through there. And I, I try to, any stats I find, I'm always trying to anything I find interesting or I think is interesting, at least I'll, I'll share it with everyone. And uh, the, the social universe kind of dictates what's, What's a hit and what's a miss? <laughs> well, awesome, man. I always appreciate you giving a little time here on the show. We haven't talked ball in a while, and I know your time was limited, so I'm glad you were able to uh, come on and chat a little bit. So before we get you out of here, I mean, you know, you talked about the O-line multiple times. Like, I might as well just hit you with the question because I want to hear your opinion. Like, Taylor Decker's healthy in two weeks. Penny Sewell balled out for four or five weeks at left tackle. What do you do? I think it's pretty easy Sewell's 20 years old he's going to be around for a long time if he's had a great first two weeks and if he continues that you should be catering to Penny Sewell and not Taylor Decker and I know it's a lot easier from my perspective to just say yeah just kick Taylor Decker to the right side I mean that's a conversation that that's probably going to be tough to have with him uh, because you know the the left acquisition is kind of that premier position that is very highly regarded and uh, I, I'm sure Taylor Decker, you know, wants to play left tackle. But again, at the end of the day, Penny Sewell uh, is in the long-term plans, and and so is Taylor Decker, but not as long <laughs> as Sewell is. So I I just want what's best for the future to be done this year. So if you're going to have to make a swap, and one of those guys is going to have to play on the right, you know, I I think you should play Penny Sewell wherever he plays best, and Taylor Decker. Uh, he's still getting paid. So it's not like he's trying to play for a contract or anything like that. And he needs to be on the left side. He's still going to get his money. Just try to move him over on the right. Let him go through his growing pains that he will have uh, like Sewell would have too. And hopefully by next year, uh, he'd be all ready to go at right tackle. And he can be a team player, but it is, 
it's definitely going to be one of those things where Taylor Decker, I, I think he, he definitely seems like a team player that would be willing to do that, whatever's best for the team. But it's it's not going to be easy for him. But ultimately, I think that's in the best interest for the Lions to keep Sewell at his natural position and let Decker be the one who has to make a change. I am shocked by this answer. Normally, I ask Logan, I kind of know where he's going. We kind of get similar thoughts on the team. I could not be more different than you on this. I mean, Penny Sewell played two football games at the NFL level at left tackle. People already have him in the Hall of Fame. Leave him there. Look at how great he is. I mean, let's give him more time to prove himself as well as if Penny Sewell can play right side, that's just a tremendous bonus that then you don't have to shake up the world. You, now he can play right. We already know he can play left. It gives you so many more options. I mean, Taylor Decker is a proven veteran that, like you said, was just paid last year or whatever. Like, he's... I think it's no brainer the other way. Like Taylor Decker comes back, he didn't lose his job, he was hurt. You put him right back, you put the kid over on the right side. Unless he's a complete abomination, you just say, Hey, figure it out. Like keep working at it. And by the end of the year, you're probably like, Hey, Penny Sewell's way better at the right side now. Taylor Decker's always good at the left. We got the line that we hoped for. And yeah, eventually if somebody knocks my socks off with a trade offer. Maybe I'll consider it for Taylor Decker and then move the kid over, but I'm total opposite. I'm leaving him on the right side, so that's funny. We, we I didn't expect that from you. I thought you were going exactly with me, and then you you did the old U-turn. You said, get rid of Taylor Decker. Uh, I don't need him. I got this young guy you know, after, after a game and a half or whatever, so unbelievable from you. Well, let me say this. So, yes, it's only been two weeks, and maybe it's too small of a sample size. But I was more implying that if if Sewell continues to do what he's been doing the first two weeks for the next two weeks on the left side, I think they should strongly consider, if not, keep Sewell there because that's that's your Logan. future right there. And we saw what he was on the right side, and he had some struggles. And maybe it'd be a little bit more two natural weeks. for Taylor Decker to play on the right. But, I, again, I'm thinking just a long term because that's what this season needs to be is looking at the long-term outlook. And I think the, the best long-term outlook is having your young left tackle just be the cornerstone of this team for a decade and let Taylor Decker, you know, move to the right. But, hey, I'm not going to be overly upset either way, <laughs> but I do think you have to keep Sue up left if he continues playing the way he's playing. Oh, you're lucky you got you out of here. I'm literally putting a star on this, and we're going <laughs> to battle this out for like 30 minutes. But I want to end with a quick hey, – do you still know how to ride a bike, Logan? No, I forgot a long time ago. No, no, you didn't because when we learn how to ride a bike at like 8, 10 years old, whatever it is, you don't forget. You can still do it. So Penny Sewell can go play left anytime you want him to. The The bonus is to get him to figure out the right so then he can always flip it when needed or he's much more versatile as a player. We know he can play left and he'll only get better um, You know, at, with time. He's got plenty of time. So anyway, um, last one I have here, like – where can the Lions – oh, two quick ones. Do you think the Lions should play a little more smash mouth? Like, do you think run it, you know, anywhere from 25 to 30 times or more and only throw it, like, in that mid-20s to low-30s is a winning formula? And then overall, give me, like, one or two areas where they can get better over the next – you know, handful of weeks where it'd be like, Hey, this was a real weakness and was killing us. But in a few weeks, it's like, Hey, they've really got better there. So the, 
what was the first question again? I was just thinking about the second question. Your first yeah. question was the first regarding one, maybe maybe going more smash, throwing it a little bit less, oh, and yeah. making that a winning formula rather than hey, we got to throw it forty plus times like they have in the first two weeks. Right, and I think that should be the plan. That's what they they're trying to do, but that relies on the defense making some stops in order to keep running the ball. Yeah. But ideally, yeah, I would I would run as much as you can because that's by far the biggest strength of their team, and that's what they need to do. And you see, they they've been running the wall well, so it's to keep doing that. But it's just really tough to do when you start getting down by some points. So I'm good with that. Um, so the second question, I think the areas they can improve. First of all, it's, it's been the talk of the week is just Derek Barnes at linebacker because I think the linebackers right now, along with the corners, um, <laughs> are struggling. And everything you saw in the preseason, yes, it was in second and third stringers, but Derek Barnes was making plays. And even in week one, uh, in the limited snaps he got, he, he just, again, has a knack uh, for being around the football and making plays. Like, I, I don't know why uh, – the Lions are kind of hesitant to put him out in the field in a year that you want to see all these young guys play. So I think if he can come in and just be an average linebacker, that would go a long ways. And kind of the same thing with the front line. You're also looking at a couple of young, younger players to step up, and that's Onzerike making a difference in uh, the pass rush, and that's Aline McNeil. I, I think he's already been pretty solid for a rookie, uh, especially a, a third-round rookie, but it would be nice to see him – uh, get a little bit more pressure and even maybe keep him in on passing downs because he has the ability uh, and the athletic uh, athleticism to get to the quarterback. So I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Um, and who knows, maybe even Deshaun hand, you know, big, if he can uh, return and stay healthy. I, I think this defense fits his athletic ability as well. So I, I do still think there's some untapped potential in the front seven. All right, man. Well, good stuff. We'll get you out of here. Like, I wouldn't mind them being more smash, but please throw it to DeAndre Swift more. And then the two areas that I think they can get better, as you said, just get Derek Barnes and let him play. Linebackers got to get better. Can't get much worse. And the big boys up front, you've been hammering on Onzerike and McNeil. We got a lot of other big boys that are getting paid more and have been around the league more that we need a little bit more from up front as well. But I think if that D-line and our O-line can be our strengths this year as the season goes forward, which again, people, let me remind you, we are at week three right now. We haven't got to week three yet, so lots of football left to play. If they can just keep getting better in those trenches and let the other positions come along, I think that'll be pretty fun to watch for Lions fans. I know we're all kind of frustrated here with these losses and, and seeing the defense continue to struggle, but I think it's going to get better, man. I think it is, and uh, I'm, I'm ready to drink some Detroit Kool-Aid because we got lots more football to go. Drink it in, man. Logan. Thank you so much for coming on, man. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope next time you come on, we're talking about some W's and saying how great all these players, are, young cats are playing and, and how much better the team outlook uh, is is faring at that point. So I hope that's the case, man. I think it will be. So I'll catch you in, in a few weeks or so. Yeah, that would be amazing. I'd love to talk about some wins and some young guys stepping up because that's, that's what it's all about. But yeah, I appreciate you having me, man, and look forward to next time. All right, Logan, thank you so much, man. Take care. You too. All right, everybody. Well, there he was, Logan Lamarandier, Sports Illustrated All Lions. Go check out his articles. Look for where he's at, dropping podcasts, radio spots, media pieces, whatever he's up to. You got to check it out. Uh, find him on Twitter, Instagram, all that. We always appreciate him coming on, talking Lions ball. Really fun to do that. Now, let me just end the show with this. You know, 
life's been hectic, crazy, but it looks like me and Chops, aka Brian Nicewanger, are going to be putting together a tailgate here for this ball game, trying to get our lines a W and just hanging out, having fun as buddies. So, again, only get to a couple games a year. It looks like we're going to make this one happen. Um, you know, I, I know. You know, a lot of great Lions fans have some incredible tailgates out there. Can't live up to some of the real top ones, but here's our game plan, I think. And again, if anybody comes through this way or you listen to the show and you want to say what's up, I'll give you the somewhat the lowdown. So I think me and Chops, I think, are going to load up his truck at about 4 or 5 a.m. That's after we go and get a bunch of food that we shouldn't eat. We load up the grill the signs, the music, the food, did I mention drinks, The all the goodies, all the things you need for a tailgate. I think we're going to load up, fill his truck up to the brim about 4 or 5 a.m. Then we're heading down to Ford Field. We always park without fail in the lot in front of Comerica Park, right in front of the Big Tiger. They got the two lots. We do the one that's closest to what used to be the backside of Chelly's Chili. I don't know what it's called now, but it was jumping when I was there on opening day as well. We park in that lot, kind of right near the sidewalk normally where people are coming by, mostly so I can holler at people, opposing fans, make jokes, um, you know, flash some signs, uh, whoop up Lions fans, give them those Kool-Aid packets to get them going. So we'll probably do that if all goes well. I think the lot opens at 6 a.m., so we're hoping to get in there right when it opens. Uh, set up shop, get the grill going, have some breakfast items, you know, toss the football, maybe play some some washers, some bags, cornhole, whatever you want to call it. Like we might do that uh, again, having a few beverages, throwing the football, as I mentioned, cranking up the music, maybe have the Kool-Aid music out there. I'm hoping to maybe have some Kool-Aid packets to hand out. I might even have a t-shirt or two. We might even do a live pod while we're sitting there tailgating. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen because, as you know, life throws us curveballs. So if you show up there like 6, 7 a.m. wanting to hang and we're not there, hey, something crazy happened the night before. Maybe stayed up, got too crazy for the Michigan football game, whatever it is. But the game plan is to get in there when they open. The game plan is to roll big on the tailgate, the food, the hanging out, enjoying. Hopefully it's a good day. I mean, is anybody with me that it's been football weather recently? I mean, darker, earlier, colder, cloudy. I mean, you got to love the fall weather. There's no question. So hopefully it's a good day. We're going to throw on a hoodie, sit out there and enjoy ourselves. Hopefully... Lions fans show up big time. I know we're 0-2. I know this is a tough ball game, but I want to see people out there with their tailgater buses. I want to see people out there like the crack man doing his thing. I want to see what Ron Crackiola is his name. He's wearing the overalls, the knee-high socks, dancing around, having a good old time. You know, all the classic Lions fans that are out there, and I know a lot of you Kool-Aid drinkers are out there doing your thing too. You got your tailgate set up, your friends, people coming by. Like I say, me and Chops, man, it's hard to put our lights on pause, but we're doing it for one Sunday here. Go down, eat it up, drink it up, laugh it up, enjoy, and then get into this ball game and to hope that our Lions can uh, do us proud and get a W. I mean, we got that one pride, so hopefully we get in there and have a bunch of fun, a really good game to watch, come out with a victory, and make it a great Sunday. So that's the game plan. Again, 
it's kind of that sidewalk corridor where you got the parking lot in front of Comerica's Big Tiger on your left. You got that place that used to be Chili's Chili on your right. And then you make that right turn to head down the backside of Comerica Park to uh, head to Ford Field. That's always where we pretty much set up shop. Really appreciate, um, you know, just that spot. It's always been a fun place to be. tons of seasons now as a Lions season ticket holder, which is awesome. I also get to, you know, share my tickets with friends and family and other people who get to go down and enjoy the game. Great seats. So I just really love that aspect of it. And like I said, I've been to so many games. It's fun to just get to one or two big ones a year, have a lot of fun, eat a lot of things we shouldn't, but just enjoy time as friends, as football fans. And uh, be around the Lions faithful. Man, you guys are are diehards. I, I know there's some people that think I, I say Kool-Aid cast. I get some negative. No. I mean, I drink it in more than anybody. I mean, you guys hear it all the time on this show. I mean, I drink it in. So should you. Drink it in. Uh... Side of cornbread. Cornbread. Make it a double. Cornbread. Cornbread. <laughs> um, no, it's a, it's a positive term, man. You should drink the Detroit Lions Kool-Aid. You should believe in your team. It doesn't matter what happened. 50 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, last year. It's about right now. It's about what they're building, this new regime, these new players, coaches, and just being positive. Like every week going in there saying, hey, this is the week we get a big W. Hey, maybe somebody will really show out and play. It's the National Football League. Like anything can happen on any given Sunday. So don't be that fan that wants to harp on the history or be negative or, oh, woe is me. Oh, man, it's so hard being a Lions fan. It's great being a Lions fan. It's great rooting on this team. This is our football team here in Detroit, and we're going to root them on, and we're going to be there regardless. Win, lose, or draw, and even if they lose a ton, we're still going to be there. And when they win, we're going to be there. And when they're going down Woodward with a trophy, we're going to be there. So speaking of this Sunday, me and Chops – are going to be there as soon as we can get up and get rolling with a full truck full of goodness, fun, food. And we're really going to enjoy this ball game against the Baltimore Ravens. So hope you guys do the same. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. That's all I got this week, everybody. Let's get this win. Enjoy yourselves. And we'll check you next week right here on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. Take care, everybody. I'm out. Drink it in, man.